Um, maar dit is makkelijker voor mijzelf om mijzelf uit te drukken in Engels. So I'll jump between the two. And um, yeah, I just have a, just felt uh, God put something on, on my heart. I might have the opportunity to do this over three Sundays um, or two, depending um, on how well I can uh, hear from God. So then you'll know. If I've done three, I heard, I heard more from the Lord. Uh, if I've done two, then maybe it wasn't, uh, <laughs> maybe I got too strong feedback. I'm joking. Um, but yeah, I just want to pray. Um, Father, I know that you are good. I know that you are kind. Um, Lord, and I know that your heart is for us, Lord God, and that you are the ultimate good Father, a giver of good gifts, Lord God. Um, Lord, the one who created and formed and shaped us, Lord God, for this life, to live on this earth, Lord God, for your glory, Lord. And Lord, I believe you still speak to us today, Lord God, Lord, and I pray in this place this morning uh, that we will hear what it is that the Spirit is saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, what I want to do today is I want to have a quick look at the nature of God, what He is like, um, look at Jesus' life, um, some of those things, um, how it applies, and then um, if I don't get stuck on that too long, which is the goal, then we will get to how, what that means for us today. And um, I'm going to start off with, uh, let me give you the context uh, of what I want to uh, talk about today. It's in Matthew 4, uh, verse 18 to 20. It says, uh, well, let me read that one with you then. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, so this is Jesus, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And uh, there's two concepts there's two things I want to highlight here. The one is a, an invitation to follow. And the second one is Jesus gives a direction. He gives an idea of where uh, they will end up um, if they follow him. Some translation says, I will send you out as fishers of men. Um, so, so Jesus didn't just say, come along, guys. <laughs> there was quite a clear indication of where he was going. Um, and what it was that was in store for them. Um, in those days, the Jews, especially in Galilee, they were very well known for how they schooled their um, children. So from the age of four to five, the children used to go, this was their schooling. They would go and memorize scripture. Um, they would learn the scriptures. They would re the scriptures would be read to them. Um, so this, was, this was their primary school. Um, and I'd, I'm not going to spend too much time on the details, but around the age of 12, um, they continue to study the scripture, but they also go learn a trade, which is usually carried through the family. And then those who are really smart, uh, and I think, I think some of us can take some, uh, we can not be too hard on ourselves, because I think the kind of people who then went to the next level uh, was like the professor-type people, the, the PhDs of today. So I know there might be one or two of us here work, I think uh, Dirkie's working on a PhD. So Dirkie would have been, out of all, I don't know who else has a PhD, yeah? Oh, okay. Nochi. Most. Okay. But that's the, you know, if you want to compare yourself, uh, 
that's what you would be comparing to. And I don't make the, the cut. So I wouldn't have been, been invited at age of 20 to follow a rabbi, to um, follow him, to learn from him, to become like him, to learn how he interpreted the scriptures. Um, and, he, you know, obviously he would then raise, uh, they called them Talmud, which was their followers. They would raise them up to then, you know, teach the scriptures to the, the community and make sure that uh, people knew what, what the scriptures were about. And so, typically, the type of people that Jesus went to, uh, who in this case were fishermen, um, who seemed rather aged, so a bit older than 20 perhaps. Um, and I don't know when last you had to do with a fisherman uh, who had been on a ship for one to two months, um, smelled fishy, um, swore like a sailor. <laughs> you know, we have all these uh, descriptions, drank like a sailor. Um, I don't know if anyone has listened to Jack Frost, um, but he, he got saved and he was in that, uh, how can we say, industry. And he, and he speaks quite openly and it's, uh, it's quite rough out there. Uh, these, these guys weren't your refined, you know, ready to be groomed as, as teachers of the word. Uh, these fishermen, I would assume, were rugged men, uh, you know, living hand to mouth. Um, you know, not your, your lawyer or your financial advisor. <laughs> and then another guy that Jesus called is uh, Matthew, the tax collector of questionable morals. So it was quite uh, common in those days for the tax collectors to collect more than uh, what was required and pocket the rest, um, which is fraud. (laughs) Entrepreneurial fraud. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, and I think Jesus knew what he was doing. If Jesus is God, um, I think he knew what these guys were up to, but I think he knew Uh, also where they would end up if they followed him. And that he specifically invited these guys. And in Matthew 9, where where he calls uh, Matthew, um, it says there, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. Um, so I think, I think it's understandable for us to know that um, the religious people of the day, even the common person of the day, would have thought that this is, you know, what is going on here? Jesus is hanging out with people with questionable morals and uh, sinners, people that you should not relate with. I think this was a hard pill for, for the the community to swallow, like what is really going on here? And this is the God uh, that we serve. And if we look at, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to, yeah, let's go Romans 5, uh, Rudy. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, and this is the God that we serve. God who created an earth um, 
full of things, full of food for us. And in, in that sense, in Genesis, he gives us the authority over all living things. He gives us the authority over the plants and the, and the animals to, to lord over them, to have authority over them. God, and, and in exchange for what? There was nothing that Adam and Eve or that we could give. We, we couldn't pay him for this infinite supply. There was no contract. There was no compromise from our side. Everything was created and God handed it over to us to steward. That's how, you know, when you, when you look at, at something, when you look at a potential business or deal, you look at, okay, what are the risks involved here? And I think if God, you know, God looked at that and the risk was, I'm going to give everything and they could mess it up and I could lose everything. He gave it all without any guarantee of us doing a good job of looking after it, without any guarantee of getting it all back. And we can even take that one step further. God sends His own Son, the ultimate sacrifice, the greatest sacrifice. I've got two little children. One's three-year-old, and one is now eight months. Um, and uh, I pray that God has mercy on my wife while she tries to take care of both of them <laughs> at the moment. Um, but they, you know, and I know every single person that has a child. I mean, the type of love, the type of care that you have for that person is immeasurable. And God, again, gives His best, gives His only Son without any guarantee of earning a full reward on what he is giving. He gives his son to die on a cross so that those who believe in him will have eternal life. But there's no guarantee that when Jesus died on the cross, that every single human being after that or before that would, would believe in him and would receive eternal life. And in a sense, that doesn't make sense how much God gives, knowing that perhaps not all will turn to Him. And I believe that God has created us to give in a similar way. Um, reason I say this is in Genesis 1:26, when He makes us, it says, Then God said, um, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock. You know, but let us make man in our image, in our likeness. God wants you to be like him. And I think it, we will do well to look at the life of Jesus um, and try to see how we can live in that way. And... I'm not particularly good at give, giving gifts. Um, I know many a person who's much better than I am. Um, and I don't know why I have been cursed with the lack of ideas of giving gifts, but I, you know, 
sometimes I've Googled, you know, what gift should I give? But, and then you get thoughtful people, you know, like uh, Ruan, um, a number of times, like this, uh, this iPad cover, he made from hand, by hand, um, and gave it to me as a birthday gift. And then the next year, he created like a, he had a, a special Japanese knife, a pocket knife, and he created a nice sleeve for it. And there was a message, you know, from the, uh, you know, the Japanese knife maker about, you know, the history about it. And, I was, and that's very th thoughtful. <laughs> My extent of gift giving is, you know, can I eat it? <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> um, I must say, the one time I gave a great gift, uh, this was before my wife and I uh, were married. And I actually think, it, I can't remember the detail, if we were together yet or not. Um, but I bought, bought her a pair of these like high-tech hiking socks. Like, that, it's in, uh, why is that funny? And the reason it was, uh, I think, a, a great gift is because her feet get incredibly cold. She has terrible blood supply, and uh, her feet got so cold. So I, you know, this is, and she loved the gift, okay? And she didn't get cold feet <laughs> in more way than one. And uh, and that was the beginning of a, a long-term relationship. <laughs> so I thought that was an amazing gift. Um, but yeah, um, and you know, Ruan, Ruan so adequately um, explained to us last week about how a gift of, or giving of yourself to a group of people makes room for you. Um, I think especially just the, the idea that Ruan gave of that, um, how even, in, even today we have many cultures where in order to um, speak to an influential person, like a king or a... Um, you know, a chief that would be closer to our, our home. You have to bring a gift. You can't just rock up at the chief's door and be like, let's have a chat. Um, you, have to, you have to bring a, a gift and you find favor with the, with the chief once you've brought that gift. And if he rejects your, your gift, then you don't find favor. Um, and, and we see, and Jesus gave so much of himself. Um, he gave his life so that we could receive him. And, and he, God wants, you know, we, we are not Jesus. We, are, we, we can't give in the way that Jesus gave. But I believe God wants to translate this into your life where you are as a, as a dad, as a mom, as a teacher, um, you know, as whatever it is that you do, in your area of influence, God wants you to give in sacrificial ways that will make room for Him in other people's hearts. And uh, Jesus is, invites these people. Um, we know of the 12. We have their names. Uh, in in Luke 10, we see that eventually there were 72 that Jesus sent out. Um, and then, other than that, what we can gather is that there was at least a group of 4,000 people and possibly 
How much of those 4,000 were with the, the next time, the 5,000? I don't know. But let's just, let's just say at least there was 5,000 that had heard um, of Jesus going around, healing the sick, casting out demons, um, you know, teaching the word. How do you think that number grew from 12 to 72 to 4,000? Anyone want to take a guess? They were hungry. <laughs> Anyone want to take a guess? What do you... Yeah, they saw miracles. And then what do people do when they see miracles or see amazing things? Start talking about it. Um, there's a wonderful waterfall in Palm Mountain. If you start to, okay, let me tell you this. Um, yesterday I went for a run at 1 p.m. Big mistake. Don't, I won't do it again. Um, and I don't think I'm incriminating myself because there were vets to passing okies there. And, they, <laughs> and we spoke to them afterwards and everyone was friendly. But we, I jumped in the water in the river afterwards and it was amazing. Now, I don't encourage you guys to do it because... Uh, Apparently, you're not allowed to. Um, but, I mean, if I start telling everyone about how amazing that water was, it's super cool, uh, and it was the most refreshing thing I could have done after a jog at 1 p.m., other people are going to start telling. And you know what the funny thing was? The, the guy started taking photo of, photos of us, and uh, I thought that, you know, they're possibly going to spread this information because look at this amazing thing. Two white guys jumping in the water <laughs> after everyone's complaining about uh, people swimming in the water. And um, if I tell you about how great that water is, you, you would want to uh, get refreshment there as well. But that's how we grew from 72 to 4,000, 5,000. They had heard about what Jesus was doing. They didn't see it on their smartphones. Um, they had they didn't get it on a, a news outlet. People were talking about what God was doing on earth. And, um, and I believe God has created us to be witnesses about what He is doing in our lives. And I want to I ask the question, what, so what did the disciples see when they walked with Jesus? So Jesus calls them, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Uh, what did they see? They saw in John 13, they saw how Jesus um, humbles himself to the level of a servant, wraps towel around his waist and washes their feet. His, their master, their teacher serves them in a way that was culturally unacceptable. And Jesus asks of them in that chapter, to, I'm setting an example for you. I'm doing this so that you will serve one another, that you will love one another. Um, so they saw how Jesus sacrificially served. They saw how Jesus sacrificially gave of his life to, to the point of death so that we could be saved. Um, another beautiful part that you see, uh, when you, and, and when you read the Gospels again, just have a look at um, Jesus turns to his disciples privately and he tells them things that no one else hears. Um, and he gives them greater insight 
into what, the, especially the parables, um, than to what he has given to the crowd. And, you know, in Matthew, uh, in Luke 10, I'll give you an example. Luke 10, verse 23, um, he, sa- he says that, and this is after he had sent out the 72 and demons had been cast out and people got healed by the hands of uh, the disciples. He says, then turning to the disciples, he said privately, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. And in Matthew 13, there's two or three parables, um, the parable of the seed and the sower. Jesus then later explains uh, the parable of the seed and the sower. Then there's a parable of the weeds, and the disciples come and ask him, you know, what does this mean? And then he explains it to them. Um, And that's the, you know, that's what walking with Jesus, that's what they saw. They also saw and often couldn't find Jesus (laughs) because it says um, that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And lastly, number four, what they saw, they saw healings, they saw miracles, they saw they saw a lame man low, lowered down through a roof on a mat. They saw him stand up and walk. They saw God multiply food, taking a couple of loaves of bread and fish and turning it into enough food for thousands. Um, and they also saw Jesus casting out demons, people who are crippled, who are possessed by demons, whose actions and words, were, whose lives were destroyed by the power of demons. God, Jesus comes in and he casts them out. And the disciples walked with Jesus and saw this happen. Um, and I just imagine, you know, imagine sitting around, you know, having some fish and bread and sitting, you know, the 12 of you and Jesus and just, and Jesus sharing insights about the kingdom of God. Just imagine you know, imagine the heart with, you know, just imagine the stories Jesus told to those 12 that weren't even written down. Um, I think Jesus gave himself so much, especially to those who answered the call um, to follow him. And that brings me to, to us today. Um, you know, I don't particularly think that I am going to, you know, that I am Jesus. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to call you to follow me as Jesus um, called called these disciples to follow. But I definitely think I'm going to try to follow Jesus in the way that the disciples follow Jesus. But ultimately, um, I have a sphere of influence. And there are people around me that God wants me to take along on a journey. Um, and God wants me to invite into what God is doing in my life, into where I can give them insights about what God has revealed to me, into a place of where we can trust for the miraculous, um, for healings, for provision, um, and for revelation together. And I do honestly believe that God wants you whoever you are, to have people that you are taking along with you. And as you take people along, God is going to use you 
in uh, supernatural ways. Uh, a good friend of mine, he said to me that um, it's quite funny that sometimes we tell people they need to be led by the Holy Spirit, and then straight after that we tell them what to do. Um, and I think, the, I think the merit is that sometimes you need to know sometimes how God or how the Holy Spirit leads us. Um, but this is very, a very personal thing. So if I ask you, you know, who is it that you are taking along with you? Um, you know, I could give you certain criteria. Okay, they must be, you know, younger than you, and they must um, not know as much as, of, as you about Jesus, and they mustn't have been to his church as long as you. <laughs> you know, I can give you, but I don't think that's the heart of God. And, I even, and we know that Jesus was led by the Father when He chose, uh, when He invited the disciples to follow Him. Those specific people that followed Him were ordained from, from the, when earth was created to be called to follow Jesus. And so I really, when, you, when you're thinking about this, um, about who it is in your sphere of influence that that you can be more intentional about take, taking along on the journey. Um, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. And I think there will be definitely, there will be two categories of people that He can lead you to, to invite, to take along. Uh, number one will be those who have no idea who Jesus is. Um, there will be people that the Holy Spirit places on your heart that need to hear the message of the kingdom of God, that need to hear the gospel. And then there will be brothers and sisters in our community, people sitting here, um, that God wants you to take a long journey with you. Um, it could be a friend. It could be a family member. It could be a colleague. It could be just a, a member in the church. And we want to follow Jesus' example in this. Um, if the Holy Spirit is leading you to take someone along, you need to know where it is that God wants you to take them. Or if there's somebody that doesn't know Jesus, um, you could invite them you know, to a, a bry. You could invite them to... A community. You could invite them to a get-together. You could invite them to a Bible study. Um, you could invite them in a way that says, come, let's study the Bible together, and I will show you how God wants to save the world, you know. So, so there are those two aspects, the invitation and the direction. Come along to church with me on Sunday. Would, would you like to come along to church with me on Sunday? I'll show you a group of people that worship God um, lavishly, you know. Or come along to a bry, and I'll show you how our group of um, church members, you know, love one another or do life together. You know, give, give some kind of invitation with a direction attached to it. And I think, you know, many times I fall into this trap is uh, I just say, yep, you know, just come to church on Sunday. You know, I, 
and uh, that wouldn't be following Jesus' example for me. And then God might be leading you to, um, to bring someone closer that is already part of the community of faith. Um, perhaps you feel led by the Lord to show them how to, or to, to impart to them how to raise children. You know, or maybe a certain aspect of what God has shown you about uh, how to treat your, your wife or how to treat, how to do business. Um, there could be any in a godly way, you know. So, and the Holy Spirit could lead you to do that. But I think the, the, the principle of inviting with a destination uh, will help us even more to get people to, um, to hear what it is that God is leading them into. And then, so with this part of where you are taking them, um, I think it's very important for me that it's not, and to highlight that we, we're, not, we're not taking people just to a place of good ideas or just to, to therapy. You know, there are people that get paid to do that, that are professionals who study that. Um, we are taking people to a place where the kingdom of God is advanced in their hearts. There needs to be these things that we've mentioned uh, that we saw when we look at Jesus' life. There was a sacrificial giving. There was a serving to the point where it cost the servant something. And the risk was that there wouldn't be anything given in return. Um, if you hear of people struggling and you take them food and you say, listen, can I bring you some food? And... I want to clean your house, or can I do your washing, you know? Like, that would shock people <laughs> if we proposed to serve them in a way um, that is so humbling for the person who serves, and also humbling for the person to receive it. Because um, you almost, in a sense, have to lay down your pride of, okay, but my house isn't clean enough to invite someone in. Um, but we could serve so lavishly, we could serve in a way that costs us everything, and the risk will be that we get nothing back in return. But that gift of that serving could make room in that person's heart uh, for a moment where you could give an insight about the kingdom of God. Um, and so, I've got three questions here, and... And the key is that is to be led by the Spirit. And with those people in your life uh, that you currently have around you, how are you going to serve them without expecting anything in return? And how are you going to teach them what God has revealed to you? And how are you going to trust for the miraculous in their lives? How are you, when you hear that they have a family member that's sick, are you going to take a moment and say, hey, can I pray can, I pr can we pray together for your aunt that's going through whatever? Let's take a moment just to pray. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't believe in Jesus. You know, any, well, well can, I, can, can we just stand together? Can we just, I just, I'll pray. You know, I really want her to get well. I really believe that God can heal her. You know? And so stepping out in those ways will make room in people's hearts. And will make room for God to move. And God has demonstrated 
regularly that he is in the business of giving that authority, giving that stewardship, giving that opportunity over to us with the risk that we might fail. The disciples failed regularly, habitually, <laughs> predictably. Peter, I think you can... He even failed after Jesus left. He, he ate with the... He, he, uh, he was hypocritical. He wouldn't eat pork with the Pharisees, but then he'd go eat pork with the Gentiles. And Paul had to come in and rebuke him. Uh, as you walk with people, they will fail as well. They will miss uh, the mark. They will, um, you know, say things that perhaps are hurtful as well. And we need, and, and Jesus was able uh, to lead them through those moments. Um, but, you know, in our expectations in our hearts, when we are taking people together, they will not be perfect because we are not perfect either. We are still walking with God, um, and, and they are, you know, we want to walk with them. And so, I think as people who are made in God's image and in His likeness, I do think we need to be inviting people along um, on a journey. Led by the Spirit, we need to be inviting them uh, to a place that they are not yet at, to a place that God wants them to be. And you could be that very person that God wants to use. And if you are not doing your part, if you are not contributing in that way, our body will be less um, whole, will be less healthy because of it. And God has created us to be together, to serve one another, to love one another, um, to trust for the supernatural and the miraculous together. I really want to encourage us that our leading together and our living together, there needs to be a strong mark of the kingdom of God, of the miraculous, of the supernatural, of supernatural provision, of revelation that no person could have explained to you, but the Holy Spirit explained it to you. And so I want to, you know, I really want to encourage us to, when we are discipling people, when we are walking with others, to trust God for things that are out of this world. So let's, let's, let's respond to God right now. Uh, what I want us to do is I want us to ask Him, who, who are those people that He wants us to walk with? Is there someone in your life that He wants you to invite, to give a gift to make a contribution in a way um, that they will walk with you. So let's, let's just do that this morning. Let's just take a moment. We're going to be quiet before the Lord. I'll say a, I'll say a prayer. Um, and you, and yeah, let's just, God, I pray that you just quiet our hearts this morning, Lord. Lord, and help us to hear your voice this morning, God. Lord, I believe, and we believe, Lord God, that every single person in this congregation 
has something to give, Lord, and has someone to give it to, Lord. And Father, we know that uh, in our own strength and in our own wisdom, God, we will, we will lead people astray, Lord God. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would bring to mind, Lord God, right now, Lord, as we are sitting here, those people that you have placed in our lives, Lord God, who it is that you want us to take along um, and with us, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will lead us, Lord God. And then, God, I pray, Lord, um, God, would you increase our capacity, Lord God? Would you increase our creativity, Lord God, to serve one another, Lord God, in a way, God, that is sacrificial, Lord God, in a way that is supernatural, Lord God, in a way that is beyond, Lord, um, just a good idea, Lord, that is beyond just a courtesy, God, that is beyond just a ritual, Lord God. Lord, help us, Lord, to see and even bring to mind now, Holy Spirit, uh, needs that our friends and family have, Lord God, where we have the solution, Lord God, where we have the food to give, Lord, um, where we have the time, uh, to serve God. Lord, help us to answer this question, Lord. How are we going to serve people unconditionally, Lord? Lord, and then I pray, Lord God, for an increased measure of revelation in our midst, Lord God. An increased experience, Lord God, of you revealing, Lord, who you are, God, revealing your goodness and your kindness to us, Lord God, revealing what your mercy means to us, Lord God, revealing how amazing your grace is, Lord God. Father, I pray, God, that uh, we will, not all of us will just sit here and be taught, Lord God, by men or by women, Lord God, or by what we hear from someone else, Lord God, but that there would be a measure that rings true, Lord God, that we have been taught by the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Lord, I pray, God, for revelations that reveal mysteries, Lord God, mysteries of God being revealed in our midst, Lord. And then lastly, God, I pray, I pray for us, Lord God, as we walk with people, as we hear what they are saying as we talk to them, Lord God, that we, we would trust and pray with them together for miracles, Lord God. Lord, for healings, Lord God. For provision, Lord God. For breakthrough in relationships, Lord. For forgiveness between one another, Lord God. For the solving of relational conflict, Lord God. Lord, I pray, God, just for such a, a rallying together, Lord God. As one body, Lord God, 
for miracles in our midst, Lord. Yeah, Lord, I thank you, God, that uh, you, you lead us by example, Lord God. And if we, are, if we soften our hearts, Lord God, and if you listen and obey, Lord God, you will continue to lead us, Lord. And I pray, yeah, Lord, that, you would just, um, that we would be able to learn from you, Jesus. That we will be able to learn from your nature, God. As we look to your nature, Lord God, that we will become more like you, Lord. Lord, and I'm convinced, Lord God, from the Scriptures, Lord, that becoming more like you means that uh, we will be gathering more people with us together, Lord. That we will be inviting people uh, that we never expected to see uh, with us together, Lord God. That we would invite strangers, Lord God. That we would see family members uh, come to believe in you, Lord. God, and I pray, um, yeah, just as you're journeying yourself, Lord God, with each and every one of us, Lord. Um, that we will know that you are holding our hand, Lord God, that you are taking us through even when we don't see it, Lord God, even when we don't feel it, Lord. You are walking with us, Lord God, and Lord, that we would stay in the journey, Lord God, that we will not jump ship, Lord God. Encourage our hearts, Lord God. Strengthen our hearts, Lord God, to walk uh, this journey with you, Lord, knowing that you are near, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Sean. So uh, let's go think how we can ask those questions, uh, frame the invitation. And uh, I think it's clear it's not just to a meeting that you're inviting people, you're inviting them to Jesus. Come, let me uh, pray with you so that I can show you how to forgive someone that you can be free. Come, let me uh, um, uh, come pray with well, come with me so that we can pray for your knee, so that we can trust God that He can heal your knee. Let's frame it in that way and give the direction so that we can trust God together. And then lastly, just for the, um, there's a worship um, team uh, meeting Tuesday evening. And what that means, it's for everyone that wants to be involved in some form or way, either in the musical, the instruments, singing, AV, sound, uh, all of that, if you want to be involved in some way uh, with that, Tuesday, Barry, half past six, no? Half past six here at this uh, venue, um, and you can uh, just speak to Barry if you want to know. Oh, there's some, there we are, 15th Feb, Italian Club. All right, so that's if you want to be involved in any practical way with the music team. Great, everyone, for the visitors, thanks guys for visiting with us. Hope you have a lovely week, and uh, we see you in the week. Bless you.